Alright, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Butterflies Are Free. These weeks are kind of flying by and I can't believe we're already on episode 4 of this podcast. And I'm really excited because today we're actually going to be taking a collective nap and it's going to be a doozy. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) I am a little bit tired. I'm not sure if you can hear from the sound of my voice. But no, we're not going to be taking a nap. But what we are going to be doing is talking about the importance of sleep. All right, so this discussion is going to upset a lot of teenagers, I bet, and but it's also going to make sense for a lot of older folk, I imagine. So before this year, I used to think that I knew a lot about sleep, but it turns out I really, I really, really don't. Um, I always thought that sleep was just this thing that you kind of had to do so you don't go crazy and you can you know, recoup enough energy just to bear the thought of going out and mingling with society. But that's not even scratching the surface, right? Refilling your batteries is hardly the reason why we sleep. Throughout the course of this episode, we're going to be quoting the works and findings of Matthew Walker, who is a professional sleepwalker from Pennsylvania. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) He's actually from Liverpool, not Pennsylvania, in the UK. And he is a neuroscientist and best-selling author who has become somewhat of a sleep diplomat over the last few years. And his work has changed the lives of many, and mine included, actually, uh, in a huge way. <clears throat> Are you one of those people that swear that five hours of sleep is enough for them or even more than enough? Don't be one of those people, especially if you're an athlete as well. Because as it is, your physical exhaustion drops by up to 30%. Can you imagine losing 30% of your game as an athlete, all because of inadequate sleep? I mean, 30% is a huge chunk. Not only that, but actually the buildup of lactic acid itself, um, which is the chemical in your body that's responsible for that soreness in your muscles after you exert your body, actually builds up quicker and quicker the less that you sleep. So newer neuroscience findings actually detail that men who sleep five to six hours per night will have a testosterone level of someone that is 10 years older than them. Not only that, but get this, the ability of your lungs to, to um, expire oxygen dioxide and inhale oxygen decreases with the less sleep that you get. So all you footballers and ball players and all that, you better rest up. Else your entire highlight reel is just going to be you cheering on for the bench. (laughs) All right, so do with that information what you will. As interesting as I think that is, one of my favorite lessons that I, I learned about sleep, or one of the favorite facts that I learned about sleep, is its effect on the brain and what happens when a person enters REM sleep. So in the simplest words, REM sleep, R-E-M, stands for rapid eye movement is actually the stage in which most people vividly dream and this usually starts about 90 minutes after someone falls asleep and during this stage some parts of your brain become 30 percent more active compared to when you're awake and this includes you know the visual parts of the brain motor parts of the brain increase your your uh, emotional centers of your brain increase and arguably most astonishingly the memory centers of your brain increase in activity. One of the results of this is that your brain will actually begin to help automaticity. 
there was actually one study that was conducted where motor skill performance was measured. And what was found was that in the learning phase during the time that you begin to gradually get better and better over time with a particular skill, with a good amount of sleep, your brain will actually begin helping you to string unique sequences relative to your activity of choice. So think about playing a piano, right? So at first it might not sound very um, flowy and fluid, but with time and with enough sleep, your brain is actually smart enough to help you improve in places that you were struggling with previously. And I find this extremely exciting and, and quite interesting, to be honest. And the brain will actually begin helping you fire on 3K cylinders that are used to help you build a skill. And that is one, the acquisition of new information. Two, the consolidation of new information. And three, not being able to recall or access that same information either consciously or unconsciously. So being chronically tired to the point of exhaustion means that we are actually less likely to perform well. And this is because your neurons are basically not firing as optimally as they would if you had received efficient sleep. The same thing applies for your muscles because they're not rested, as well as your body's organ systems, which are not quite so in sync with each other. Things like lapses in focus from sleep deprivation can even result not only in, ac not only in accidents or injury, but also affect your mood, which is a problem because your mood will affect the moods of everyone around you if you're mean and groggy all the time, right? Now, let me ask you a question, one that I've never even really considered asking myself before. But can you tell me when have you ever been asked to stay awake on a problem? Never, right? Whenever you have a problem, what do you do? You sleep on it. I mean, unless you're French, and then in that case, you would sleep with your problem just to add a little romance, you know? <laughs> um, but right, you know, you, you know, whenever you whenever you're in a moral dilemma or whatever the case may be, oh, just sleep on it. And there's actually loads of anecdotal evidence of sleep inspired creativity, and it's actually during dream sleep that we take all of the info that we have previously learned, and we start to collide it with new information, and the brain starts to seek out and test these novel connections and new associations. So in a way, it's almost like information alchemy. And you will wake up in the morning with a refreshed or revised mind that is now capable of diving into incredible solutions to previously arduous problems or issues. Speaking of problems, there is actually another problem caused by sleeping less, and it's brought about further studies that seem to suggest that two chemicals in your brain related to food consumption are heavily, pun intended, <laughs> heavily, you get it? Anyways, um, impacted by sleep deprivation. So firstly, there's leptin, which is the hormone that tells your brain that you're full. And secondly, there's ghrelin, which tells your brain that you're hungry. Being tired will actually place these two hormones in the opposite directions. So, that so firstly, people who sleep just five to six hours per night will on average eat somewhere between 200 to 300 extra calories per day. And if you do the math, that will be equivalent to 70,000 extra calories per year. And that in turn could add up to four to five kgs of obese mass each year. So not only do people eat more when they're tired, 
but they tend to eat more of the wrong things as well. I mean, if you think of it, whenever have you been, you know, out and about, you know, maybe you've had a late night or maybe you've went clubbing or something and you're like, oh, I'm hungry. Let me grab a salad. Usually that's never the case. During these times, things like McDonald's and KFC just sound way too attractive to you to kind of pass up, right? Now, I want to take a moment to debunk the thought that time spent awake is time that's better used. That's total, you know, that's just garbage. And as paradoxical as it might seem, the shorter that you sleep, the shorter your life is going to be in the long run. And that's quite sad, you know. So you could be under the notion that, oh, it's not like you're just making best use of time by sleeping less. You're not. You would actually make best time of being awake less. And which is really astonishing to me is that there's actual research that suggests that wakefulness actually causes low-level brain damage. And it's sleep that offers repair to these damages. So even right now, you and me are both suffering low-level brain damage by being awake. Insufficient sleep across your lifespan now seems to be actually one of the most significant lifestyle factors that determines whether or not you will develop Alzheimer's. People who are shift workers, for example, actually have higher rates of obesity, diabetes, and most frighteningly cancer as well. And the association between sleep and those illnesses has become so powerful that recently the World Health Organization decided to classify any form of nighttime shift work as a probable causation for those illnesses. And that's a real thing. You know, you can go ahead and Google that and do your research right now. And I know it seems scary, but this is, you know, the reality of the situation. People just need to be sleeping more and build that positive habit for themselves so that they don't have to deal with all of these unnecessary illnesses, you know, down the line. And that's not just shift workers, but more scarily, people who work as surgeons as well. Matthew Walker says that if you're about to have a surgery, you should always ask your surgeon how much sleep they've had in the past 24 hours. If they've had under six hours of sleep, then you have a 170% increased risk of a major surgical error relative to that same surgeon if they had just been well rested. Now that is seriously scary. But now after all this talk about how um, implausible it seems that being underslept is, you might be wondering, well, how the hell can I turn myself around and position myself to get some well-needed shut-eye? Light is actually one of the big problems why people through the years have slept less and less. With all the light that bleeds through into your homes from outside, you know, outside street lamps, but even in your home, which is even worse, you know, from your phones, your laptops, your TVs, your night lights, everything like that. All that light suppresses a chemical hormone in our brain called melatonin. And that hormone is responsible for signaling to our brain when it's dark and it's time for us to get some sleep, right? So not only will you get less amount of dream sleep when you have woken up in the morning, but you also won't feel as as refreshed or as restored by your sleep. 
If you have a hard time sleeping, it is suggested that you follow these four steps. So firstly, regularity. You should always aim to sleep at the same time every night and wake up at the same time in the morning as well. Secondly, in the last hour before bed, try to stay away from light and even turn off the lights in your house. Something that I do when I'm at home is when it's um, sundown and it's quite dark outside, what I like to do is turn off right about, I don't know, let's say half the lights in the home. And really, I mean, firstly, you're going to assure that you're going to get better a better quality of sleep. And secondly, you know, your electric bill is going to be slightly lower, which is a win-win. That's great. And thirdly, you need to keep your house cool. Your brain needs to drop its temperatures by up to 2 to 3 degrees Fahrenheit in order to initiate sleep. And the fourth thing that I like to do is find a nighttime activity. This is something that I do on a nightly basis and I've kind of formed a habit out of it, and that's reading. Usually um, within the final hour of me going to bed, I usually read for about 20 to 30 minutes. And I feel like that just kind of puts me in a in a relaxed state. You know, I'm not doing anything crazy right before bedtime, um, like working out or doing anything stressful or anything like that. Just finding a calming activity that could put your mind at ease and relax your body is really going to help you sleep. So Matthew Walker suggests that seven to nine hours is the recommended amount of sleep that you need to get each night. Once you get below seven hours of sleep, then incredibly smart people like Matthew can start to actually measure objective impairments in your brain and your body. Well, that was the episode. Another quick one for me, but I'm glad we got through it. Hopefully that didn't make you, you know, fall asleep or anything. You better not have. You can fall asleep any other time, but not while you're listening to this. As a matter of fact, now that you're awake, just tell other people to tune into this podcast because I feel like a lot of people need to understand that you know, a lack of sleep is not something to be laughed at or something to roll your eyes at. It's a serious thing. And I feel like everyone could get uh, more sleep. Everyone everyone could benefit from that, you know. Um, in any case, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you've enjoyed your day so far. Um, and above all else, sleep well. See you guys.